0: Welcome back to an all-new installment of the Super Metal Brothers. Wait, do you hear that? No. That is the sound of inevitability.
1: <laughs> I
0: am Super Metal Brother Matt. And I am Super
1: Metal Brother Dan.
0: We have had a major announcement last week. Well, it kind of got leaked a little bit. We kind of had this feeling it was gonna happen. But that's right, you heard it here first. It is Christmas now. <laughs> Yeah. Well, for some people, it is Download Festival. We all hoped and prayed one day that the music festival would hit our shores and as close to a metal festival on a grand scale we could ever hope for. It is Download. Basically, I'm thinking this is going to be like a sound wave because they're building it kind
1: of very similar at the moment. Or are they not, Danny? Well, yeah, currently the, the main bands which have been, I guess, leaked or... Alluded to is um, uh, Limp Bizkit and Corn. Yeah. So they're pretty much your standard sound wave cross, like even Big Day Out type bands. But look, if they need those bands to get ticket sales, well, unfortunately, you got to sell out those names. More
0: importantly, though, we asked the fans who will get you guys down to Melbourne. And that's right, no Adelaide, no Sydney, no Perth uh so i guess apart from melbourne everyone else gets to feel like what it's like to be in south australia which is uh, devastating
1: i'd imagine for some people exactly that's a major concern with australia It's our lack of decent infrastructure like transport like plane flights long expensive and tiring mm. you know, i don't like flying that's why i leave it up to the pilot <laughs> <laughs> but our train system is terrible so anyway it should be good said the flemington race course apparently something else happens there this week i, I don't know what but yeah, at least sound excellent. No, M- Mosh download. Pit with Animals, I
0: would imagine. We're also reviewing the latest Communic album. That's right. They're still going on. I didn't know this was going to happen either, but are we looking forward to the album? I bet you asked me, but did we like it? Well, I guess you're just going to have to find out in the end of the show, Danny.
1: Exactly. Leave them wanting more.
0: First up though, let's hit the news. Straight off the bat, we're talking Amy Lee. You know, it's been a long time since the Evanescence's front singer. The uh, female bombshell. I uh, was glad, though, to
1: announce that the uh, Bring Me To Life
0: song has now got a no-rap version, Danny.
1: Is that considered rapping? I have a what? feeling if you go to like, these Gate rap guys, that's not rapping. There's... Yeah.
0: There's like rapping and then there's guys talking like rhyming, but they're talking in a, in a sense that has it together. Now, the funny thing is I've got her quote here, so we can actually not take her out of context, even though it's probably funny if we uh, were
1: to. Yeah, okay. Professionalism, geez.
0: From Amy Lee, God bless this the rap. God bless the rap. It's a part of what got us to the radio, she says. At least according to all the rules of radio that I don't agree with or understand, the rap wasn't part of the original idea or sound. It was a compromise in many ways. I guess her talents alone didn't really need a rap. It's kind of like having a death metal section in a Disney movie or having, I guess, a uh, Petal Pop line and Nickelback. Things you don't really necessarily need, but we one
1: day it should happen. Yeah, the, um, yeah, I guess like when she released that, you had things like Linkin Park and the new metal still like wavering a bit. So they mm. all had that like cross... Um, sound so maybe these like music exec- uh, executives or producers like no no the only way you're going to get your sound on the mainstream is for you to like incorporate rap to a degree and she that's like she's like look I'm, I'm glad we did it it got us to where we are but i'm glad i could finally release what i wanted to release back yeah
0: when. now she doesn't have to compromise the integrity of the songs because you know at the end of the day she can hear the songs that they were meant to be heard and i'm looking forward to hearing what that middle section will sound like without someone rhyming in whiteness, because it is pretty white rapping.
1: <laughs> is this going to be like, we're going to like release like the Harvey Weinstein of the music industry? So No, Amy, you will be releasing this rap thing, or you'll be touching <laughs> this. Like, ah, no, okay, well, let's release the rap You yeah, have all these
0: like producers are uh, sexually molesting um, musicians, just like forcing them to have like crossovers where they don't want. It's basically like music rape.
1: That's yeah. horrible. That's like the worst kind of music form you could even do. Yes, yeah, like when, was it Noy by Nature crossed with Anthrax? And then it was, you know... Bruce, I don't oh, know where you go. Or when
0: Iron Maiden crossed with Iron Maiden and you get Iron Maiden.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and how's that Nevermore band going? Uh, <laughs> uh, therapist
0: says, I don't know what Nevermore is anymore. Uh, apparently, the, there's a report now coinciding with heavy metal bands given in a certain country and asso- associated with wealth and affluence. I would imagine happiness is also in there, but... Uh, you know, there were two people who did this kind of like study. One of them seemed pretty cool. The other one was pretty like, you know, I don't know. It was just kind of like negative. We don't need negative Nancys when it comes to metal. We just, nah. we've got the pop music to, 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 you know, give us angry enough for that.
1: Or your parents or your teachers, society, your job. Yeah, the girlfriend who won't answer your phone calls because she's not really your girlfriend. Just, <laughs> just her. Stop, stop
0: calling her, Danny. <laughs> um, well, let's look at like the Charlotte Menlander, a Swedish, uh Swedish. I guess uh, one of those people who like go into finding how it all works. You know, trying to make. Yeah, it's, it's, I guess it's the best thing about getting paid or not getting paid. What does this girl do, Danny? It's like one of those... Um, might be like a PhD, who knows. Yeah, thesis? anyway, yeah. The, she's found that um, with the compulsory music training schools like in Sweden, for example, it creates a generation of kids with unbelievable musical chops to meet metal's technical demands. Now, metal has... Different technical demands. I mean, there's the soil work, the whole thing going through Gothenburg with Meshuga in Flames, Scar symmetry. I mean, these guys are crazy. But there's also metal like Corn or Evanescence, Metallica. <laughs> Metallica, and, and, and that's funny thing with Metallica, it kind of spans all across of it. You know, the, the older they got, the easier their stuff came to play, such as arthritis or losing your, your base player to or, uh, the problem of death.
1: Yeah, well, they eventually thought we, we can't keep stringing Lars along we have to like play stuff he can play
0: (laughs) but is it really denny got to do with giving the kids more ability and therefore using the problem with uh that sweden's going with with mostly being either immigration or too much snow um is that the biggest problem that gives the metalheads their thing or is it just maybe that uh, there's another reason why heavy metal is doing well in those areas and not so much in the congo or in somalia maybe
1: what is weird is like the other person who kind of says, Oh, no, it's because those rich countries, those guys can afford all the good equipment, so therefore they can play, they can like create stuff and be more different. Yeah. I was like, Yeah, that's, that's a simplistic answer. Because if you go to like, you know, black metal, a lot of those guys came from these countries but had really poor access to these, like, everything, everything. recording yeah.
0: instruments, their own instruments, you know what I mean? Or even access to neighbors. I mean, like these guys are like hours away from human contact and they've got some of the most brutal, brutal music ever. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it's kind of like that. Oh, oh, like there's a bunch of white people doing it. So therefore it's whiteness. It's like, nah, it's just, it's the way it is. Like you said, with the access to technology and all that kind of stuff, maybe, who knows? But um yeah. kinda of came from like a little bit like that.
1: Yeah, kinda of feel like, oh, I don't like metal, so I'm gonna just like point out. Yeah, I like, trash metal. it. And yeah. I'm
0: like, yeah, whatever. So I think at the end of the day, uh, it's a great style. Maybe more people are gonna get into it a little bit more. Um, you know, download
1: festival here to save us. Yeah. Now I think if you go to like last week's article where they found like metalheads are more like centered and friendly and open. Yeah. And I think that and that ties into this. Like they found okay, countries which look after people better also like metal and these people who are better that's right like metal so, well, let's
0: yeah. think of it this way we were talking about mm-hmm. uh, I was actually talking about some other uh, stories before where certain people in Middle Eastern countries can't even play metal without their governments pretty much honing down on them there's one point where it was like was it a death um, possibly they
1: were going to get um, guilty through death or something what was it? yeah I, you know? I from the band. it's like in Iraq or something this band and they were going to face a death just for playing metal and yeah. then they got taken away um, the death penalty got taken away and I think they were in prison for ages and I think they finally got released. That's oh, a terrible story.
0: Even like Behemoth are going through problems in Poland. We can just skip ahead, Danny, with uh, what happened with using their like flag imagery. They're incredibly patriotic there in Poland. And one of their t-shirts that Behemoth is selling has some of that logo design in one of the t-shirts. Apparently, it's one of their better selling ones. But even now, the Polish government's getting into trouble uh, with Behemoth. And these guys are pretty high up
1: on the metal spectrum. Yeah, it's funny. Because unfortunately, I couldn't. Compare the two images because the images on the article got taken down. So yeah. you see the you see the Polish national anthem when uh, national anthem, the Polish logo and some sort of like bird. I don't know what phoenix. I don't care. A bird with a crown and sitting on the side, like like you know, side profile. Like most of the old emblems yeah. were. And apparently uh, going by Behemoth this one. Yeah, I think they have a similar where they have more of like a phoenix type thing. I don't know whatever it is, bird on side. But it's just a, it's just like a generic bird pose. So for them to say they're taking Poland, I don't know. Maybe maybe that one they took down is very close to it. But girl thinks it's just another way for them to attack them and you know, stop them. I reckon
0: it was the same argument that we bring forth. I reckon the Prime Minister of Behemoth likes the old stuff, right? But everyone like Metal Hammer and all that are saying, "Nah, the this is the best album ever." And now he's gotten so offended. Now he's just like, "Well, you know what?" Like I'm going to arrest Behemoth now and like there won't be any more second Satanist album. And I'm like, you know what? I'm actually cool with that. <laughs> I know Metal Hammer lists before we were just reading how they've uh, put it up as like
1: one of the best albums of the century. And me and you are still like, no, nah, Demi a pretty good album, guys. Maybe this was like, because it's a Satanic album, you're supposed to play it backwards. And that's the fault because we didn't play the Satanic backwards. We didn't hear it how it's supposed to sound. And uh. that's why. We're like, we played it forward, it's an okay album, but the backwards way must be the way you're supposed to play it. Another band that's
0: actually writing better music uh, at the moment is this band called Fear with Ola uh, Gunn. Oh, what his name is? England. Oh, <laughs> oh, England. Thank you. And we should <laughs> I England. should know that yeah. because he is actually in a band we reviewed called The Haunted. Now, they've got a track dropping, and this is kind of a super band because it's got guys from The Haunted and Ex-Suffocation and stuff like that, and even Darth, Danny. You like Darth? Yeah, Darth's pretty good. Yeah, so you got vocalist Mario Ramos from Demonoid, and you got like this Jock. Oh, his name's Jock. That's pretty cool. Skong from Clawfinger, and yeah, Kevin Talley from Darth. You like Darth, you know?
1: Yeah, I think, I think Silence. A v all of a sudden.
0: Yeah. Anyway, but here's the thing. I've heard the song, and I'm like, dude. For me, it's actually better than Haunted. Maybe he's giving Haunted the the, the scraps. Maybe I don't know. But the fear. This track
1: sounds actually pretty decent. Yeah, it's good, cool, like it's just that strong groove, like chunkiness, but yeah. then it comes that for like the whole four minutes. So, yeah, we'll see when the album comes out. Bring me the Horizon frontman Ollie Skies, accused of limp syncing
0: at Chester Bennington's Memorial concert. He is claiming there was actually a malfunction, but it was due that he was there playing a recorded version of a trial, like he was doing a warm up or something like that, or like the sound test. But he was also singing it as well. Danny, was it lip sync or was it a little bit of both that was happening then?
1: Yeah, cause he's saying that the um, like the streaming service played his uh, yeah his pre recorded vocals. That's right. But live was doing his proper vocals yeah. live. So he's like, well, unless you're there live, it's hard to tell. Um, which is probably why it doesn't match up. Because if, if you're That's streaming right. from home, you're like, yeah, hey, this doesn't match up. You guys are, like faking it. But it's not as bad as that, you know, Jessica. Simpson's sister, whatever her name is, she started, like she was gonna sing the wrong song, and she just stopped mid-track, and yeah. then she blamed the people were like, oh, they played the wrong song. Like, no, hey, you're it, always it, not it, gonna it, sing it live. Yeah. They could, they could have played yeah,
0: anything. They could have played the Satanist album, and it was still wouldn't have <laughs> mattered. you were playing, you, you didn't know what you were doing. Yeah, it's, it was like that. That was a blemish to the show because there was something that happened also, which was actually something that you guys really need to check out, which is Lincoln Park fans sing. Uh, in the end and they were doing the chorus and stuff like all of Chester's parts were actually done solely by the crowd and that was a magnificent moment in uh, rock uh, metal
1: history uh, let's just say heavy, hard rock history I reckon it was have you seen it? no nah, I never saw it but th- that is a better tribute than just a giving Chester uh, singer of the year just because he so exactly, and the thing is, that you can, like we saw, the, the community can come
0: together and pay tribute to them the way that they know how, and that's definitely by doing this. It was actually a really cool moment. Uh, make sure you guys check it out. We'll also talk now about Flesh God Apocalypse because if that story makes you want to vomit, well, this guy did. The drummer, or the new drummer now from Flesh God Apocalypse, was uh, chucking his guts up on stage, and I was lucky enough
1: to see this film clip. Oh, that's terrible. There's some recording it's about a 50 second long like clip and straight off the bat you know things up because yeah. They have like two guys With him all the time Just to, yeah. like and, uh, then, and, and they're just
0: handing out Bigger things for him To vomit into And he's like
1: No, no. Yeah. <laughs> And by the end of it He's like Screw this <laughs> The first thing the guy Grabbed was like A small like, bag It's kind of like when um, With Wayne's World Where Garth goes to the guy like, If you need a spew Spew in this Yeah and It's like a small like, peanut bag And that's what the guy First gave to the drum. Like oh you're taking a piss man Yeah it's like You got oh. a
0: child This guy's about to Yak up his three weeks Of food And this guy Guy's like, oh, you know, I found this from just down the road. Maybe you can vomit into this, you know? And
1: the most impressive thing, he didn't stop playing the drums.
0: Yeah, and they were basically like, you know, if he didn't play the show, it would be all right with it. But, you know, he is truly a pioneer of metal. Should have given an award at Loudwire, but I guess it did happen after the awards. Maybe they should have had the foresight to know this was going to happen, Danny.
1: Yeah, drum of the year. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah exactly, drum, drum of the of year. The year. Uh, we're also talking about Hell Yeah with to hit the studio in November with Aussie's producer... Kevin Cherko, I was glad they didn't say Fozzie's producer
1: because the less people that sound like Chris Jericho, the better. Yeah, well, Yeah, I don't have that much to say the producer has. Actually, I wonder how that would go with, like, with Jericho, like trying to be his producer. I wonder if he's like, really egocentric or not, like if it's all like a facade. Because he like the wrestling ring stuff. He's very like loud looking mean and voiceless. But I wonder like behind the scenes if he is that way. Um, I don't know, but I do know that
0: the band sounds a lot like Metallica. So let's go into our news story with a Ven Sevenfold saying that people, the lead singer, which was Mr. Shadows, as they call him on our show anyway, the singer from Vince Sevenfold says that 60% of Metallica audience fans on stadium tours are casual fans. Even goes so far to say that uh, people who are in the Black Album mostly when Sad But True comes on and To Salmon Unforgiven, it's a different vibe and you can really tell a lot of the audience are casual fans. Something they have done and nurtured really well throughout their career. 60%, man. Despite getting those numbers, he's like looking at a whole crowd. And Metallica don't play to people like, you know, your mom, your grandma, and, uh, you know, there's a bunch of par- frustrated parents down the road at your local primary
1: school. Yeah, so that's 10 people in the audience. They pick the six out. Like, oh, yeah. it's those six only stand up for like Enter Salmon. So yeah. you're looking
0: at a thousand to like 10,000 people a thing, and they're like, yeah, a good half of this uh, situation now are just digging their classics, the, the, the singles.
1: But that's true. You go to anyone, like, we've experienced quite a bit, Matt, where we say we're metalheads of people, and other people are like, oh, I love metal as well. And you're like, uh, let me guess Metallica. <laughs> like, yeah, how'd you do And i like, oh, let me guess the Black Arrow. Yeah, how'd you do? Know yeah, uh, have it like Justice for All or something. because what? Oh, what? Anyway. Yeah, what's just
0: Even for Metallica, that's commercial. And then people like that are going, oh, I don't know. Even when they say stuff like Disturbed or, you know, Avenged Sevenfold, Basically, if you're going to Sanity and you're picking their metal section and saying yeah, it's a metal band, doesn't make you metal, all right? That's a good start. You're kind of scratching the surface of your like, you know, metal pole. But uh, there's a lot more girth to get a hold of when it comes to the finer arts.
1: Yeah, man, I love to Sam, man. It's like the bestest song ever, man.
0: <laughs> I haven't been to a Matai concert in years. We live in Australia, so we probably won't see them. And maybe until Download
1: Festival. Well, we saw him oh, in Soundwave all did. their like, non-tight glory, but the crowd was massive. Now, Danny had a sudden realisation. He was kind of saying to
0: me, like, you know, I love that Bruce Dickinson guy, but the more we talk about him on this show, the more I'm starting to think he might be an actual bit of a dick. Daniel, let's talk about your boy, Bruce Dickinson, I don't want to go on stage and look at a bunch of old crumblies my age. People my age who go along to shows, but you never see them in the mosh pit, mainly because they're standing by the toilet waiting for their prostate problems to get solved. He likes seeing a lot of rabid kids leaping around. Oh, does that sound like Kevin Spacey? <laughs> <laughs> you can't use
1: homosexual. I mean, you, can, uh, you can't offend him. That's bad, what
0: makes our hearts pump on stage. Our music is still fierce and it is still in your face, Daniel smash on the old people. Yeah. One of his own. It's kind of, isn't that kind of like going to the hood and being all like, you know, I don't like, sing, I don't like being um, Snoop Doggy dog and singing to black uh, people in the audience. You know, yeah. there's been more white people, so I can broaden that range. Uh, slightly uh, ageist, as I would quite
1: like to call Whoa, it. Put, to put a uh, millennial uh, word on. Yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. We like to get yeah. triggered
0: by things here a lot. You know, we get triggered by Bruce. Actually, by more like Gene, Gene, I guess, yeah,
1: the boys from Kiss, yeah. This could be the Gene Awards for the week. I think nothing else exciting happened, so we could say this. But but that's a good point because, like, all these oldies now, or you call them oldies, they're the ones who, like, were massive fans of you in the 80s and 90s. And you were rich and famous because of these guys. so, So these guys are, like, trying to feel for their balls and take a piss every 30
0: seconds because, you know, their bladder now is shriveled up to the size of a peanut. What's the problem? They're still your fans. Yeah, I may not really have a mosh pit. Like, when do you actually mosh
1: me? Nah, everyone mm. just
0: pushes to the front because they want to see all the, the count the wrinkles on Bruce Dickinson's ball sack. Like, that's all they want to do. Um, or maybe get close to Eddie and high five this big, you know, seven foot uh, mannequin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I thought that was kind of a dick move to kind of say that. I know what he's trying to say. He wants to, like, you know, he wants to connect with the kids, and he wants to have—he wants the ego to feel from. He wants to be able to like have people, you know, loving his music because obviously yeah.
1: he's still a teenage kid inside himself.
0: Yeah, insecure, shame, stuffs his bra
1: probably every night, you
0: know, before he goes out to prom.
1: I'm expecting him to like bleach his hair blonde and like drive onto the stage with Ferrari. He goes, "Hey kids, I'm still so cool, yeah."
0: Yeah, yeah, he's just going through that midlife midlife crisis right now. Uh, Slipknot have seven to eight songs written for their next album and Sean the Clown, Cran, has come out that, um, he doesn't know what Corey's got in mind. We knew that because he was saying that they're pretty much ready to go and like Corey's still screwing around with his other bands. But um, yeah, they reckon it's all coming together pretty, pretty well. Slipknot fans are obviously very excited. These guys are as big as the top four thrash bands. They played in front of massive crowds. So.
1: Yeah, well I even heard a Stone Sour song on Triple M this week. So that shows you how well Corey Taylor's done. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah, so I guess for Corey, he's just waiting for that cash cow to
0: slow down on each one. He's kind of playing them off each other because the yeah. guy's are making probably a fair quid of uh, stock exchange on those on two bands, I'd imagine.
1: Exactly right. Stone Sour go quiet, then go jump back and slip Not quiet. It's like full tour cycles over and over and over again. One tour cycle that
0: won't happen, and this will be one of our last news stories of, of tonight's episode. Sammy Hagar says there will not be another Van Halen reunion. It is over, man. People say,
1: what's going on with Van Halen?
0: Well, I guess we did once on the show yeah, too. Plane bumps, yeah, plane trumps, Absolutely nothing, he reckons. Uh, he has no idea and he hasn't heard from the guys. His heart was broken when we covered back in the day about them missing his birthday party. Yeah, he turns
1: 70. He's looking pretty good for 70. So has yeah. all his hair, man. I wonder if he
0: sounds any good still. I haven't listened to him sing in a long time. I mean, those Van Halen songs are at a higher register.
1: Yeah, but he's probably one of those like, natural douche bass. just has natural ability to oh, sing. Oh, man, I cannot
0: handle people with talent. Like They just go in and they play like those 40 sports. Who's that female uh, soccer slash cricket player? Oh, that Lisa Perry. Yeah. yeah, she's like got all this ability to like squash everyone in different sports. And here's me. I'm failing to even read off of an iPad that's three feet in front of me, you know? Made some really good life decisions, Danny, in the past, but uh, maybe one day in our next life we can come back as a football and we'll be fine.
1: As actual football? Yeah, why not I don't think their lifespans are that long. <laughs> I guess you yeah, get kicked around in this life, you keep kicked around in the next. Yeah, but back to that thing. Yeah, poor Sammy Hager, because he even tried, he said, I'll oh, we'll be happy to like share the stage with David Lee Roth, which is pretty massive. For vocalists to say, I'll oh, share the stage with another vocalist. Yeah, massive. They don't even share milkshakes with their loved
0: ones. And here's this guy saying, I'm prepared to lose the light which basically all scene has been trying to grasp and hold on to for so many years and they've refused to play in front of old
1: people, <laughs> Bruce, <laughs> and that we actually have this as a problem. Yeah, you know? I don't know why. Like, does Eddie just not want to play live anymore? He's like, nah, I've got enough marriage to care about it. It's just a weird well, thing. Well, the
0: thing. is that these guys are going to get paid a bucket load for this yeah. thing. It's like, how can tensions be strained for so long that you don't want to do it? And I guess that's the whole point of marriage as well. I mean, you, you see someone so many times you, you actually just have a resentment for that person I'd imagine I guess so but I mean two of them are brothers this is why we're not obviously working as therapists <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like oh, come on just get it together what's Dude, wrong with you you, you? can always Wait. find another woman like what 12 20 years Kid? just a
1: uh, like it what's <laughs> wrong with have, you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you just get them all together and stop crying about your problems
1: oh I'm sure what are talking about oh yeah <laughs>
0: alright so there's that with that let's head over to our podcast question of the week download festival for those who don't know, what is a festival, Danny, and why should people in
1: not only the metal community, but the music community even care? I think it's a weird thing to call it a festival, because it's like a one-day event. Is mm. that really a festival? The festival festivals, normally, like, a big thing, like, a week or two. Like We have, like, Fringe Festival, and that's, like, four weeks. Yeah. That makes sense, but the only festival, I don't know, it seems like it's a bit of a weird thing, but maybe that's why. So much awesomeness, so much excitement crammed back into one day, it's, like, what Fringe does in a month, we can do in a day. Maybe they're
0: going to have got some other things planned that uh, Soundwave didn't. Maybe we got some rides. Maybe even like some uh, pogo stick, pin the tail on your favorite metalhead. I'm not sure what they got planned, but we want to talk artists though. Download Festival is going to bring down, the promise to bring down some big names, Prophets of Rage. Um... Sorry, Link Link Limbiscuit, uh corn even. So we're looking like it's going to get pretty pretty big, you know. Ra- uh, Rage Against the Machine possibly, you know. It's going to look pretty good. But we wanted to ask our fans too, like, what's going to be the band? Because on the 9th of November, the whole entire list is
1: going to get released, including one third of them, which will be local bands. Then, that's great. That's really good. I mean, you you have to do local. I mean, for one, it's cheaper for them. Yeah. And two. It's the best way for local bands to get seen on a mass scale. Because you go to like gigs on a weekend, you get like 20, 30 people. Try so, it. bands like this, and it'd be good as well if they can be blended within the time frame, like not get put right at start and that's the thing you're done with, see you later. And not, or not just like one stage, has the local stage in the back yeah. corner. So, we'll see. Hopefully, they do it properly. I, I, I don't know what their record of reputation is like in their own, like in England and stuff. But it'd be good to see. It's also good they fixed that spelling error. And I realized there's a U in Melbourne.
0: Yeah, they pronounce they it Melbourne. Like, it's Melbourne. So someone must have said it's Melbourne. Oh, there's no U in that, you know? Well, that's and the like, problem. That's the way yeah. we do it in Australia. Like, yeah. get used to it. But, you know, there's also Wikipedia and there's Google and everyone has a phone. So there's just no excuse why someone made that spelling mistake.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought it was like a troll thing to start. But like, oh, there's no U in Melbourne. There's no <laughs> U in download. Like, ah, oh, <laughs> well played, download. And you're not getting shit.
0: <laughs> it's only you. that's going to be here. Well, let's talk about it, Danny. You've got some names. You've got some bands. Let's hear what the big people want to hear at da- Downlight Festival in Melbourne next year in uh, hopefully
1: 2018. Yes, great. Uh, March, apparently, so very soon. So, um, mm-hmm. Kaya Elliott, Staff the said, they won't play him anyway. In Sydney, thanks, man. That's right. Welcome to being in Adelaide. We don't see shit. Now you don't get to see shit. Actually, I've never heard of. They won't play them anyway. Is that a new band? Are they uh, any good? Uh, <laughs> I think that's her band. <laughs> she know. wants to, <laughs> She lives in Sydney, so it makes sense.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: Uh, then we have Daniel Serbler wants Nitro. Wow, Michelangelo, and I think it's the guy from Lamb of God as well. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, because we heard one of the songs and it wasn't that exciting to be fair. The yeah, it was sing, alright. Singing was mm.
0: but the uh, guitar shredding would be uh, probably some of the fastest I'd ever seen at a download festival. I think Chris Broderick might have been at the last. Gee, who was that Megadeth guitarist at the time? I'm not sure. Mm, but pure shred, why not?
1: All right. Yeah. Anyway,
0: <laughs> they could play on the smaller stage yeah. at twelve <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah,
1: we well, need to like when the, when the sun's the hottest. That's when he needs to play because his, his right. hands are the most mobile. Um, Tony Kuta happy birthday to you son he wants Tool to play Um, well why not the album should be coming out maybe apparently soonish so
0: you could be out next year it could be out in 10 years but you know as far as I'm concerned Tool fans love it already
1: and it hasn't even been dropped (laughs) best album of the century yeah (laughs) so so, like so progressive that having released it that's how progressive it is
0: I'd imagine they would play it fairly later they are a big band they like the big stage lots of uh, curveballs when they play live they're always doing something different whether yeah, they're being naked dark
1: and weird or yeah. dark or we've got naked people hanging off top of rails next one Danny. yeah next one is uh, Amy Carson wants Crossfaith, Japanese
0: Melodic Death Metal they actually released an EP this year and I was going to review it but it was only going to take about five seconds to talk about the album but I thought it might be good for an album review Danny. if we get lazy one day
1: yeah, I always like when the first time I ever saw CrossFaith was in Soundwave Adelaide. Yeah. And they're like, either the first or second band of the day? Yeah. And just remember the, the Japanese guy in full like Japanese accent. Like, Hello, Stella. We've got to
0: watch what we're after for you. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you guys are awesome. And they got the best turnout. The yeah, uh, Mosh great. Pits were brutal. They were always inviting the crowd to smash their heads together. And the, the crowd participated in it. They loved it. Concussions for all. Yep, And then Amy also likes to see Lacuna, Quail, and Epica. Now, some two female-fronted bands. Gothic metal. These days, Lacuna Coil pushing towards a new metal kind of sound, making it very radio-friendly for them. Christina's still blowing everyone away. The male vocalist is catching up slowly, but taking
1: his time. Yeah, but unfortunately, she's in our, well, maybe our position of that. Living in Mount Isa, it's a Tuesday car trip to Melbourne or very f- expensive flight to Melbourne. Mm. So unfortunately, it might be a miss. Epic. I don't know. I mean,
0: they've even been in Australia. Nice redhead. She's got some lungs. You know, comes from the classic, incredibly talented and trained, far beyond the stuff she's doing. Uh, but uh, why not? You know, it's great stuff.
1: Why not? Enjoy. Yep, we and have Andre Vandekur, wants King Diamond. King and Danny, you love that, don't you? Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> I think he had a new, album. You it? uh, yeah, it's, it's not falsetto. Stop it, please, th- please, stop. Please, please. I think he released an album this year, so that's good. So it makes sense. Look,
0: the lineage that these guys would push him back on the bill, you know, they that would be the one thing, like. He's one of those guys who feels like he's on borrowed time, a little bit like Ozzy. Like, they've been doing it for so long. Guys like even from um, Ice, Ice Earth, I was going to say. Judas Priest, sorry. Like even Judas Priest. You feel like these guys, the last show they come
1: might actually be the last. You need to go see him. Yeah, no, definitely right. And hey, look, he probably put on a great show. Like, probably a lot of theatrics and excitement. So, yeah, it might be a decent just to see for the live performance. Yeah, maybe he gets the cap table then it's real. <laughs> it's like, there will be no second act. <laughs> okay. Uh, then we have Luke Surda, wants Mushuga, Tool, Ramsign, and King Diamond to say a few.
0: Ramsign would be one of the bands that would headline it because they're just massive too. They've, they've also made it singing a foreign language. they sing German and they actually have songs that are so raunchy that they can only make it to Pornhub, you know, for film clips. So that's how you market a band, man. Make it so inaccessible that uh, you have to like go around an adult filter. Yeah, it's true.
1: I actually, like, research to make sure that's true. Oh, absolutely. And it was watched... actually really hard to find that film group. So, I was, quite, I was on porn. I've got, like, a couple of hours and a couple of days. You know, <laughs> days in weeks. There's months, a lot of women years. that hug each other a lot without clothes. Oh,
0: I must hard, have watched man. at least, like, seven or 18, like, films of
1: it. Man. Yeah, I must <laughs> keep, like, misspelling Ramstein. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: I'm like, do, do Ramstein also have problems with their car and they need the whole entire football team to come in and service
1: the young lady
0: that's there? I mean, wow, there's, like, a lot of things, like, a lot of holes. Yeah. But, um... Anyway. Anyway, go on. Yeah. What are we talking about again? <laughs> <laughs>
1: and just to name a few, that's what Luke said. So I haven't heard that band either. Just to name a few. They must be news. Well. Uh, they sound like a pop band. They might get like early on in the bill. <laughs> uh, Josh Ruby, controversy here with the uh, Pet Shop Boys. Yeah, he's just
0: taking it out of his ass. He, he, he's a guy who's definitely uh, likes a bit of banter. Or maybe you're going to see the Pet Shop Boys. I like to see Duran Duran. Get him on there. I yeah. legit want to hear
1: Welcome to like Planet Earth. That song's amazing. But it could be like... Europe and bands from like the '80s who've actually made like a somewhat heavier, more progressive sound. So they've actually like completely changed the sound around. Which Maybe right. Petra Boys have gone like full like, like Final Black Countdowns.
0: And- they're like radio friendly song and everyone loves. And then they see them live and they're like, "Dude, these guys are heavy as shit." Yeah. Now
1: I think I think they've actually gone like really like progressive, like these like days. the White Snake as well. Same sort of thing, eh? You know? Yeah. That's right. So you never know. There could be a there could be a curveball there, but I think it's being a dick anyway. Adam Blacksmith, the number twelve looks like you what the fuck <laughs> is that anything <laughs> <laughs> what's the next one Danny? <laughs> who is Adam Blacksmith is, he, is that even a real name yeah he's, he's
0: legit man he's, he's a lad he's a lad alright number 12 um, is it like Agent no Agent 47 I do look have to, I've haven't commented that before but 12 not so much yeah we anyway, have Stranger Things yet though maybe so maybe it's maybe it's, like another it's a very it. strange comment so yeah. maybe it's a local band
1: anyway okay we'll move on Andreas Lopez I'm sure Payne will be, play there mm. There are rumours circling around that Payne are going to tour. However, whether
0: they tour Australia or not, we're yet to wait and see. I'm hoping more towards hypocrisy. I know they've only like, talked about it on their thing, which is Pete Tagran's other project. Actually, his original project band, I think it was, and then Payne McKenney's side project, and now he likes it more than hypocrisy, which I just
1: don't understand. Well, it makes sense to bring both bands at the same time. You are already here, playing Play two just sets. That'd be it. sick.
0: I'd be cool with that. You know, as long as you're not on the same time. Then I'm just like, you gotta like DNA. Thing. That'd be amazing.
1: Yeah, imagine that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now <Nah>, I'll probably wouldn't <laughs> go
1: see paint anyway. I did not care. Just play a fucking scene. <laughs> That's right. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, then you have Scott Thiel. Thiel, I'm sorry. Megadeth. Yeah, oh yeah. Always, mm-hmm. a, always yeah. a fan favorite.
0: If there's a big stage and a lot of money thrown at them, they'll play the show. Yeah, yeah, they would. See I mean, Dirk again live. That'd be nice. See Dirk. Yeah. I saw him play for Soweto last time when he was here. Nice yeah. oh, guy came up to us after the show which, which is really nice and then that forced the lead singer to look like a dick and also come up to us and talk to us after the show yeah. when they were paying money for like 50 bucks or whatever to do a pre-show thing like pff, you guys are losers I got a photo with the guy and I get to hang out with them for a bit so suck
1: it. That's, that's a great story man I'm really happy for you and I'm proud that I was there for that moment as well. Yeah you were there too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, last but not least, Lee, oh hey, that's not feast, he's done twice Andre Vandeker is back again with Catatonia, Ishan Obscuria, and Devin Townsend Project. Wow, prog, black, and
0: death metal-y thing. Catatonia, depressing as all hell. I think they have been to Australia before. I think like last year, wasn't it? Yeah, Devin Townsend, we did review the album. We found it pretty mediocre, but a lot of people really rate his stuff. You know, he's always thinking forward, never back, and always twirling towards Freedom. Well, he's apparently got freedom now from his heavier days. He
1: feels more liberated. Songs yeah. reflect the. But he still gets
0: angry, things. so one day we might hear a testament to his uh, rage, which would be nice because yeah. we do miss some uh, strapping on lad, sorry.
1: Yeah, definitely right. Uh, Ishan, yeah, I don't know if he's ever come to Adel Australia.
0: I'm not sure. Maybe not even with Emperor, I'd imagine. I'm not even sure, but that would be cool. You know, he's doing a lot of cool things. Had Jeff Loomis once on an
1: album, so he must be smart, which is good. Yeah, he seems that way. He always wears like a suit and sunglasses and interviews, so he seems quite with it. So, yeah, mm. why not? Mm. Apart from that whole like thing where the
0: band was entangled in that whole trying to eradicate Christianity from the Earth thing with the burning of the churches, yeah, you know, that whole '90s thing that was a fad. I mean, a lot of people just dyed their hair black or you know engraved their favorite band on their arm, but these guys went to the whole thing about what's a way that we can eliminate something from the Earth, but then wouldn't generally just get more people together to to mourn for it and come even stronger than ever, a little bit like a parasite. That was the whole thing when it came to that thing. with them. And I think Emperor were involved, and there was like Mayhem, I think, as well. A bunch of Black Heck, and there's all these guys were like one-upsies, you know? Yeah. Oh, you've been to
1: two One-upsies.
0: Yeah, so uh, Danny who's going to be some bands that's going to get... Because we live in Adelaide, right? And it's no small drive. It's about an eight-hour trip through the car, one way and back, without stopping. Or we go through Virgin and pay probably the two, three hundred bucks, which we're going to probably do. Yeah. What bands that are going to make you go? Because it's going to sell out regardless. So us not going isn't going to change it, I think. So who's going to be the bands that's going to make you line up at 3 o'clock in the morning to, uh, in your undies to get a ticket?
1: Well, there's been a lot of bands we've reviewed this year which are all screaming for tours. Um, yeah. I reckon Arch Enemy would potentially more likely be coming down because yeah. they've announced European tours and stuff. I'm not sure if they clash, but it'll be a good thing for them to come to. Like Australia, big crowd. They yeah. can do it. And they, they're, they're big enough to do side gigs as well, which then you know, they'll probably go to Sydney and Brisbane. So uh, that'll be the. Like, not saying I want to see them, just say so they're probably more like a come. Yeah. I'm always a fan of this. I've never seen Blind Guardian. Yeah, that'd be awesome, yeah. dude. Because every time they come, they just come to Melbourne. So here you go, Blind Guardian. Yeah. Melbourne specific uh, festival. Sky Symmetry have never come
0: down here. And again, they're like as big as Soulweaker and Flames. I have a feeling Flames will come down here, and they won't be a band that I would want to go see. Their, their departure from all the earlier stuff is just too far gone. However, I would like to see probably Moore's Prince of Mess. They they know what Australia is. They will be here on a holiday, but to see him live would get me down there. They're still a band together, which I'm guessing what we have to allude to. I would also like to think nah, Symphony X are actually taking a bit of a hiatus, Danny. So that's not going to happen.
1: Ah, so Malice.
0: We did get to see him though, but a, a couple of bands I haven't seen before live that I would love to see. Actually, Communic might come down. I would like to see Sectic Flesh, though, and Smell because they've released really strong albums this year and seeing them play live would be great. I just don't think bands like Evocation and all that would, would even get a mention because even though they're very strong, um, they would not many people know who they are.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um Iced Earth, that'd be great. Again, yeah. release a decent album off of this year. So Obituary,
0: pretty- again, yeah. another band. These guys are all relevant. They released great albums and let's see, hopefully see if this does it. But for me, the top three would be Moors, uh, Septic Flesh and oh Flesh got Apocalypse actually I have seen it a few times but it would even demi yeah. Borgia, like they they might even come down for something like this they did last time for Soundwave who yeah, knows even
1: like Testament because they got the new album out oh, I know Testament's good yeah, though, I know it was like NF16 but still they Dra- came out Dragonlord and- yeah, I mean, you're already here, it, Just Interesting <laughs> shit, man. You know? If Pain and Vox are going to do a double show, then Eric Peterson
0: can do Testament and Dragonlord. We did the Dragonlord Rapture review, didn't we, in the show? Yeah, bro? that was great. That yeah, was and great.
1: The new album's supposed to come out, who knows when. Mixed and mastered yeah, in 2015. Up. Here we are in
0: 2017, looking at 2018. No sign of the album. Yeah, um, yeah good list, guys. I think uh, some strong ones on there. I think we'll definitely have a... A headliner for that show but in the meantime Daniel let's so I move on to our final presentation that's the CD review of the week The band's Communic, the CD Where Echoes Gather, these guys here have been doing prog metal songs for quite some time now, I think we're looking at the third album or even fourth at the moment from these juggernauts, uh, great band you know these guys have been doing really really well for each themselves you know they've taken a bit of time off between this album and the last but we're actually looking forward to hearing how these guys are pushed forward, they Known for having a soundscape of combining some pretty tough, kind of like that post thrashy, headbanging kind of stuff with prog sections, with the clean guitars and that kind of stuff. With the, I guess the, the singing kind of reminds me of your Warhol Danes and that, where it's not quite a power metal vocal line, but the range, where would you say it alludes to for you, Danny, that kind of uh, venture of uh, style?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because he has a very distinct and strong tone. I mean, the range is very good. Like, he goes very low to, very, high, to very Very high. high. He's, he's definitely a very accomplished singer because his h- interval singing is quite spot on. His fills and tone, all that's great. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's his own thing. It's probably like an, you know, if you go like an if you go back to Rainbow, like eighties band, he kind of feels like a White Snake oh, stuff. Oh yeah, his, that type of stuff where it's like just strong, nice, warm tone. Um, where he can sing, he doesn't have to sing over like heavier stuff. It'd probably be more suited so, just like the hard rock stuff. Yeah. So you will aim, aim for like that, the '80s, um, yeah, for, like pr- like bands, even like bands like Survivor, like, Arthur Tiger and stuff. It's kind of like, that whole era, I reckon he suits. He comes from for sure. So the band's pretty well known for
0: that. And right now, let's move straight into the album and talk a little bit about it because Daniel's got a lot to say about it. He's really into this band. Uh, I saw him come on his headlights uh, through like Andrew Hogue and stuff like that. Me, I've been a fan from the album just before it. There was a. Uh, I can't remember the album it was called, cool, but they've actually got some really good songs off of it that got me into it. But um, I've just found myself not listening to it for quite some time, so the
1: right name kind on the radar. Danny, what's, uh, what do you want to talk about this album first? What's going on? Well, this album is. Quite interesting, it has three bonus tracks, which that's probably the first time I've seen three bonus tracks on an album. Yeah, so we're not
0: going to include them. We're going to include track track one one to track nine, okay? And first off the bat, you've noticed that they've done this whole part one, part two thing at the very, very start of the album, at the very, very end as well. One thing I can definitely say that generally, communic are like the Opeth, where they will have unapologetic, unapologetic songwriting, seven minutes minimum, looking at seven to eight to nine, and their song structures would kind of, Remind me of the songs like in death with Sound of Perseverance where it's kind of like a layered song where it's like an A, B, C, D, E, then it kind of goes again or like a, there's a bridge and then it kind of returns back to the form of the song. Whereas conventional pop writing, you know, intro, verse, chorus, verse, chorus and whatever, you know yeah. what I mean? Check so they have, yeah, notes. they have a very interesting way of songwriting and it leads to very long, complex songs to a degree, you know, um, definitely longer songs are more fleshed out in that sense. But in this sense, they've decided for two tracks to cut them in half each, so we have to really review them as two separate tracks, even though, to me, it really does feel like Communic
1: had one really awesome track that they sliced in half. Yeah, well, they actually did it three times. There's three, times. There's, sorry. There's, there's three part, one part, two. So it says nine tracks, but some might argue it's a six-tracker because of that. And look, That's fine. That, that's what these guys are. They, they create progressive songs and story tell, and that's what they like to do. So, and you can tell that they, they do clever things when they tie in like songs, or there are repeat riffs or repeat fills Yeah, or, or the first like track one, track two. It both songs end with the same uh, note or the same like rundown. Which yeah. is just that. Uh, How's it go? Um, yes. Yeah, so- of the earth, yeah. that, I mean, it doesn't really work on the first song because after they kind of quickly try to tie it to the second track, yeah. That kind of missed, but then the second song it does finish well, so that's a bit of a weird one, yeah. And that's kind of the one thing about
0: uh, to talk about a blemish is they do kind of janky things like that where certain riffs go into other, both sections are killer, and that's the thing about this band. Generally, the sections themselves are very, very good. But there's certain things like I think in track six as well, or track seven particularly, where there's this weird transition uh, at the start of the song where it's got these grooves. Even in track one, it has these weird transitions at the very start. But the roost is so good that generally you don't care too much, but it just kind of takes you out of it a little bit. like when, when you, when you, It's like when you're looking at a really good scenery, but someone just periodically comes and like, Pokes you in the ribcage, like, ah, oh, that's annoying. Yeah. And then it, it takes you out of the immersion, but then you look at it back again, and you're like, oh, and you, you didn't even know that it happened. But for that 10 seconds, it kind of like, oh, it was kind of annoying.
1: Yeah, that's fair, But there's some times where they do it really well, like I yeah. think it's track uh, eight or seven, one of those where it gives like really like, strong groove into like a very nice, melodic, well saying thing. And that, that transition is like, f- it's really good, very mm. like, it takes you on that journey so well. So, you're, uh, the, yeah. One, yeah, the ones like, you talk talking about they, they're very like they use that chaotic way to tie things together so just yeah. like and they change the riff and I'm like yeah you really can't do that
0: yeah like with the section where, where Echoes gather part 2 where they do that whole yes rush string theatre proggy thing and they don't sound too comfortable doing some of that wank stuff that doesn't really do much for a song uh, and it's, does it sound out of place in the album well maybe a little bit because it doesn't really feel like that's their thing uh, it's there, and even the very happy stuff in, for example, I think it was with Black. Uh, no, sorry, where, where History Lives. They go into this, like, the Flight of the Concords po- chord progression where it's that da da. Oh, yeah, da, da really happy. Yeah, Yeah, you know, real happy section, and it kind of works. And they, I guess that's the whole band. They, they really try to push their songwriting and I think sometimes it works really very very well and incredibly some of those riffs are very strong the drummer for me is the highlight in every song he's very strong and gives the band a much needed lift when they need it and helps those grooves embellish as well um yeah so some of those things do a bit janky and some of the the styles and that and even some of the intro without using that compressor for that track as well wasn't great but then I hear songs like moon dance where they're just playing to their strengths where it's that classic dichotomy between your clean section and your heavy sections, but it all done very well in a gradual way. Um, a staple, that kind of sound is their staple and it's really followed them through the days and
1: it's strong enough. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I do enjoy, cause the singer has an, he has a, like a nicer, warmer tone to his voice. So even when it gets really heavy, he tries to put like a bit of a, a deeper tone to it, yeah. but it, it, it struggles a little bit. So sometimes yeah. they can cover it with like a layered vocals or I use like a guitar to help bridge the gap between like the heavy drums and his vocals. So yeah. I try to get him to work. It's funny because he
0: does some of that, that Judas priesting where he does those harmonies really high. Like, blah, 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 blah. And sometimes it sounds cool, sometimes it's a a bit light and a bit thin. Yeah. You know, think, and it, yeah. it's a cool idea though. It needs to be that. it sounds sick in theory and it works sometimes, but sometimes it's just a little bit flat with the with the punch. But again, in other times it's like like, that riff in the first track is just phenomenal. The whole top first two minutes is just badass. Yeah. So, it's just like, exactly like this is... It. And for me, this album, what brings forth for communic is a bit more heaviness. Whereas before, they've had that progginess, and sometimes they would touch on that heaviness. But here, it's more unapologetic, where it's much more heavier throughout. Uh, which is good for the band that's trying to show their maturity in songwriting a bit.
1: Yeah, definitely right. They're very strong grooves very heavy grooves and just riffs that time mm. but a good thing is that they actually like keep them going for longer like a lot of these progressive yeah. bands and stuff they might just do the riff like two bars or four bars and you never hear that riff again it's really infuriating yeah. but community, at least actually sitting on these riffs for a while or they do the classy where they sit on the riff for a while then add another layer and then that's for double kicks more, to keep Yeah, it there's
0: up. more intention to like a songwriting as a far as storytelling, I think, where these guys do really well. And they flesh out the songs. And you'll realize, you'll go through two or three tracks and be like, wow, it's been like 15, 20 minutes. And you won't even feel it. Like, it just feels, everything feels mostly pretty organic as well, the way they approach their songs. And they've been doing that while for a long time. So I guess with that, you know, this is kind of that weird thing I found with the band. Um, even, I do feel that with communication, even with their previous stuff, I listen to the band's first four or five tracks, but I end up tapping out at some point. Sometimes I just get to a point, I think I know why. I think sometimes, like you said, the combinations of that bit of jankiness, the singer, um, not quite my style. I found that with this album, now because they're much heavier, that style is a bit more harder sometimes for me to get with it, you know, where it needs a bit more dirt. De- and what I mean is I'm talking like the Russell Allen dirt. I'm not talking about growl dirt, but it needs a little bit more edge, I think, you know, to really feel like it's... If you guys are taking on a fucking dragon, then you want to feel like you're winning, you know, not just kind of telling a bard story over. it sometimes. So there's a certain lightness and, and loveliness to his voice, but I didn't feel like, for me, listening to it for longer, it didn't keep me on board as long this time. Is that something that you feel, Danny? Because I didn't feel like the singer this time uh, just kind of generated enough energy uh, interest even though like you said he's got great section of notes he's a great singer he's got great range but i just found at times i was just kind of like
1: yeah i was kind of hit the album and i was kind of done with it uh yeah that that's true i mean i, I do i think you see, see where you're coming from with like again the singing and the riffs aren't heavy so sometimes when it comes to the choruses and stuff that they make it more of that like progressive feel and yeah this, um slow down or methodic uh feel but then again they they do it where as I said, they use the guitars and drums to have that battling and yeah. things on top of it to like, I don't know, separate himself from like a battle or something. So I see where you're coming from. It is, your eyes are tricky because it's so heavy and punchy at times. You want that aggressiveness to continue on. Yeah, so, not
0: all the yeah. time. Like sometimes the sensitive sweet tones are working really well. They kind of feel a bit brighter than someone like a Warhol Dane though, for example, where there's a bit of that feel that's taken back, you know, where it's a bit darker. Even though it's mostly sung, it does feel a little bit bleaker um so there was that the guitar solos as well did nothing for me they're they very good feel they're not very good feels they're like you got a feel for it and he knows how to kind of go through it but uh, generally i feel like his playing kind of takes away from some of those riffs you know they just weren't kind of doing it. and i guess the best i think example i can give you i think was track seven he has a really cool tapping out of it which is really really awesome but um, yeah, the kind of like, it didn't really do anything. It was kind of hitting just a bunch of licks together and it wouldn't seem very cohesive. And uh, the amount of time he puts into the songwriting itself, it seems a bit weird. But um, again, in the mind nitpicks, you know, these things that just really aren't immersion breaking, just something that I noticed for me after hearing some amazing, phenomenal guitarists doing awesome playing, uh, where it's kind of the opposite for guys like Chris Borek, where his guitar solo is. Far triumph over his song oh, yeah, songwriting yeah. ability, you know. So, I'm not saying one's better than the other, I'm just saying that, you know, it's kind of what I got. If if a guitarist does both, you know, then power to you, like, you know, your John Petrucci's and your Michael Romeo's, you know.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's interesting because they do like, you know, the real heavy rock and groovy stuff, but you're right, then they go Ruler like 80s for like the progressive sections and even like some of the effects like that track five they have like that howling choir sound on the back and even mm. some of the choices and it makes it like this is it's interesting because it doesn't seem to blend the two together like one could be so heavy and punchy one could be like just a bit too soft and too 80s it's like you just you gotta find like a way to make them smoother at times
0: yeah but in saying that too i I really feel like these guys are trying to stretch themselves and cute going for it so there's a lot of times where i'm like Dude, those riffs are just so awesome and so badass that it really doesn't matter. And all these other things are just uh, inconsequential because the overall experience I find with every communique album or, or the better tracks is that you really appreciate the hard work it does to craft such a heavy and epic song, you know. Um, and to show minor blemishes like this is, is a testament, which might just be like the freckle on Cindy Crawford.
1: For some people, it might be a deterrence. For others, it makes it even hotter. So, Well, no, I think that's fair. I mean, these guys here... The songs have definitely like changed, become I guess become more adult from that, and because the singer has such a nice, such an emotive way of singing, you do you do go on these journeys with them. So I have a feeling based on on their songwriting and the heavy, tougherest mixed with the different the mode of singing, it actually I, I do want to hear the songs more. Yeah, I, I do actually, too. But
0: I yeah. do find that this album for me is. Communic album through and through. It is a better Communic album in the sense that they've done more to stretch themselves a bit. Uh however their melody writing is very strong, so for some people with the, the the lack of some of those things like from other previous albums might be a bit of a deterrent where it's a bit more heavy in your face. I I, I really enjoy this band. I really enjoy their song, certain songs and stuff, but again, I found the same problem where I get to about 4 to 5 minutes and eventually need to put the album down and take a, and get take away from it and just kind of sit away from it, and then come back to it later on and uh, find out, oh, I really enjoyed this band. And then the same sort of thing happens where I get to a certain point and I'm like, ah, it's enough for me as well. I do think, though, from top to bottom, this is stronger than their last previous albums because before, I feel like they really go top-heavy and then by the end of the album, it's just weaker and weaker songs. But here, I feel like the songs are far more balanced and they're better overall, just something that maybe they're listening to seven to eight-minute songs for me just take a little bit too much. Maybe I just have... Yeah. have to adapt to
1: listening to those songs a bit better myself. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they they do try to make the songs, I guess, they have progressed, so they're the different songs inside of songs. Yeah. But they also still like to hold riffs longer than normal. So they, they're trying to bridge the gap between like progressive songs and like hard rock I, songs. I understand they said
0: part one and two, like I said, for three songs, but I still consider those. Uh, I feels like you need to listen to it to the start, to the end. So you need to listen to the boat path, like listening to part one isn't going to give the satisfaction of an ending. It doesn't feel like it for me. Like I, I realize that every time I get immersed in the songs fully, I've looked at it and I'm on the second track at the end of it. And I'm like, Oh, that makes sense. They build up, you know, rah, rah, rah. So I'd hate to think you go see it live and they pay part one and then they jump and pay like part two of another song, you know, right afterwards. You'd be like, like what? You know? Yeah. So in saying that, however, again, it feels like a community. It's got all those communic highlights. And uh, if you're into, Progressive metal with kind of that Nevermorey vibe. I do understand that. Like, if you're into ab- albums of theirs, like uh, Politics of Ecstasy, um, Dreaming of Neon Black, that kind of early Nevermore stuff with the, the just the normal guitar tunings, like the E flat and stuff. Like, that's what these guys do. Very similar. Do you do you reckon that? I know. No, Andrew Hokey said something similar to it as well. And I read online, and a lot of people do
1: draw that comparison. Is this kind of like a Nevermorey band in that sense, Danny? It's really hard to say because these guys are more progressive because longer songs and they have different passages in their songs. I think what it is that you got like a melodic singer singing over like really heavy riffs and yeah. I, I, not too many bands do Me, it. Medium uh, to medium fast tempos, you know, yeah. kind of
0: thing, you know, and then like you said, they'll break away from that cliche and then they'll have some of those songs that are much more uh, nicer and softer in tone a bigger emphasis on melody through the guitars, through the singing, you're always going to get it, which much like they said, like bands like Nevermore have done. It's far bleaker. Lot, majority of this writing is more sinister in tones with some of those distortions and stuff like that. So I get that as well, especially with early Nevermore as well. I had that very similar um, trope about them. Overall, Danny, I mean, I'll give you my thoughts on the album. Good community album. It's very strong. The band's still at their peak, still writing great songs. Just again for me, I had some problems with it. Where about you for you? Where does this album sit for you, Danny?
1: It's one of those albums I think I I really want to enjoy it and I do enjoy it. Um, I feel like, yeah, I feel like I want to enjoy it more than I did enjoy it because I think I I just like them and I want it to be like a really, 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 really great album. Uh, really, I think it's just a good, very good album. Yeah, they're right. a very so, good band and they're, yeah. a,
0: they're a good, a very strong band. They've got their own sound and I think that's one thing that a band can never be taken away from and they have a distinct sound, a distinct style and it's original, you know? And that's the one thing that I attribute to and that these guys deserve uh, a lot more credit than they are given right now. Just some minor things for me that take me out of the music that, um, yeah, stop it from being like world class, you know, where a band that can write seven minute epilogue of prog metal like uh, dream theater or m- more mid dream theater i'd imagine lately it's a bit self-indulgent with you know lines of shred that go for far too long but symphony x perfect example where it's really about telling a great song like a score and at times they can push up against it but uh maybe a few more albums underneath them like the band will get them to a very strong place and i'm more excited than ever to hear more Communique now um again this album falls short of being like you said for me like a great album but this is potential being a great band if they stick with it man you know this is getting into getting that past that 3 to 4 album mark now so by
1: album 5 to 6, 7 hopefully they can cement themselves in the heavy metal uh, lore forever yeah exactly right and if you like like heavy hard progressive albums you enjoy this album definitely so, and that's also part of it. it comes to like what style you like if you love progressive stuff you'll love this album if you like yeah black of course you want to struggle with
0: it. it's a hard thing to sell to people because like you said there are things against it like a certain style of singing which will be jarring for some people uh long songs which might be you know like you, that you really need to immerse yourself with long for a long time and a lot of different variations and styles so it's a hard band to market um but i really do feel for the guys and wish them all the very very best i do come to But um, I'm not going to give anyone hopes up saying that it's the prog metal masterpiece that people have been waiting and dying to to hear. But for them, it would be definitely an interest for them to check it out.
1: Yeah, that's fair to say. I guess in the words of Communic, here where nameless faces live, wasted youths in hate and despair, they hammered the pipes for a warning to chime. That's very sweet. And we've hit the end of our show. I'd
0: like to thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed sticking around to this very, very end. If you guys got a story you want us to cover, feel free to go to facebook.com forward slash supermiddlebro and leave us a comment or a like and just let us know what you guys want to hear on our show. If you guys want to cover a certain news story, or more importantly, uh, a certain music like a CD. We're hitting the end of the year soon. We're going to be doing our top 10. So if you guys want to come at us saying why isn't this album in your top 10 you've only got yourself to blame let us know which album it is and we'll review it and uh, if we like it we'll make it uh, one of our good lists or a bad list we'll still make a list though won't it danny
1: exactly right interesting to see what bands make download as well
0: sure. and so, yeah, and we'll cover that 9th of november guys download festival gets announced and if you guys want to know where that is it's going to be in melbourne so if you guys want a ticket and you guys live in perth or adelaide like us You might want to consider getting those cheap uh, early bird flights because it might cost you a pretty penny, especially with all those hotels getting booked around the place. Exactly right. Until then, I am Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. We are the Super Metal Brothers. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week.